decreased wear and tear, uh, much lower appliance use, uh, and a huge one I think that hits really close to home for some seasoned landlords is you don't have a bad tenant that you're going to be stuck with for a year that's going to run your property into the ground. Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Oh, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live Let Thrive. Thrive. The Skype edition. Yeah, yeah. This is our first big, I guess, video interview. First time we've done video. So it's, it's probably going to fail so hard. So bear with us. Yeah, it will fail, but we'll bounce back <laughs> like our first few podcasts. But we have, a, uh, we have a guest on today. We have uh, Tyler Work. Uh, oh, what episode number? I'll let Steve do his thing. Oh, yeah. Episode 41 of Live, Let, Thrive, the podcast all about that Airbnb life, short-term, long-term rentals, corporate rentals, uh, real estate, all that implies. And, um, yeah, man, we're rolling. Episode 41. 41. And, yeah, we have Tyler Work with us, and he is the owner of CoBnB.co. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Tyler. Thanks, guys. Uh, I grew up in Washington, D.C. and in the hospitality industry and moved out to Denver, Colorado a few years ago. Started renting my place out on Airbnb. And uh, eventually one thing led to another, and now I manage uh, 13 properties. 13? Nice. Yeah, so real quick, so you, you um, I know Denver has, what, some pretty tough Airbnb laws, right? Yeah, so the, the biggest one to contend with is the primary residence rule. Um, there are some ways, not necessarily around it, but uh, basically uh, this, the city of Denver requires you to, to live in the property or consider it your primary residence in order for you to rent it out. Um, but the good news is we have laws. They're not in limbo. Uh, there's not a risk. If you do get into a property of the laws changing, I don't think, at least in the next couple of years. So they're sort of good and bad with that. Okay, okay. Sounds pretty cool. So, yeah, we did have – so you're, you're good friends with, uh, I think, um, James Carlson, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, yeah. So he, he kind of let us know the ways around the Denver Airbnb laws um, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so you said you have your own business. You now manage 13. So what kind of things does your business offer? So we do, uh, our kind of biggest offering is banner property management. Uh, we, you know, basically run your Airbnb business, uh, out of your property and uh, charge a percentage of revenue. So pretty standard business model. Uh, I also own an Airbnb myself uh, that I manage myself, so that kind of gives me a unique perspective from the owner side. Uh, and then we also do master leasing, uh, so we'll we'll lease properties uh, from an owner who's out of town for six months a year on a sabbatical, or uh, they're just tired of dealing with long-term tenants. So we'll rent from them and then rent it back on Airbnb. So uh, I like to think we're we're involved in the short-term rental industry, kind of from all sides. Uh, and so it kind of, kind of gives us a, a <clears throat> perspective and, uh, yeah. All right. All right. Let me jump in. Tyler, I, um, uh, me and, uh, Micah and I, I was gonna say me and Micah, that's all wrong. 
Micah and I, the appropriate, uh, appropriate English. Um, we, um, it's so weird. So real quick, it's so freaking weird seeing us on video. I don't know. It's just, it's messing with my head. But I'm gonna get through this. I'm gonna power through, man. I had a long day at work. Baby's sick. <laughs> Me too. But, but we all have long days at work, man. That's how that's how we roll. But, but we're gonna power through and make this a badass episode. And I forgot what I was gonna say. No, I'm just kidding. So Tyler. Um, we, uh, we are fascinated here at Live, Let, Thrive about a little word called arbitrage. A buddy, a friend of our, a friend of the show told us, uh, Mr. Adam James. And that's what, to me, I guess, I don't know if you're familiar with the term, but that's what you're doing. You're convincing people to let them, um, let, let you rent their house and then you're subletting it to someone else, either on Airbnb or other platforms. And, uh, my, my question is, how do you get them to let you do something like that? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, and I think the vast majority of people uh, are have an old school mindset and they're just not going to do it. Um, if you can find a, a potential client who is maybe more open-minded, these tend to be younger landlords for some reason. Um, but basically the, the benefits to a landlord I think are pretty clear, pretty straightforward. So basically what I do is uh, if I get them on the phone, I kind of plant the seed. I, I don't really give them a whole lot of details. I say, hey, um, would you be interested in uh, earning guaranteed income uh, to rent your property uh, on the short-term market? Uh, there's a lot of benefits for the landlord. It's decreased wear and tear on the property, which is very contrary to kind of most people's opinion. Uh, the property's cleaned five to 10, 15 times, maybe a month professionally. Uh, the guess, the kind of biggest one for me is uh, most people assume that you rent your place on Airbnb, there's bachelor parties, they're tearing up the furniture, they're putting holes in the wall. It's this, it's this misconception, and, and that, that does happen. Uh, but it's the total exception to the rule. Um, I, I read uh, a, a blog post or something where they did some research and it, it, it takes an average, I think it's like four days for somebody to feel comfortable in a space. So most of our guests are just as nervous to stay in our house as we're to rent it out to them. So they're pretty respectful for the most part. Uh, they're not, they're not, you know, <clears throat> making themselves too comfortable, and they're uh, they're they're not in the house uh, for the majority of the time. So, decreased wear and tear, uh, much lower appliance use, uh, and a huge one I think that hits really close to home for some seasoned landlords is you don't have a bad tenant that you're going to be stuck with for a year that's going to run your property into the ground. Uh, I think that's a huge one, and and really, if you can kind of wrap your head around those benefits, it's it's a pretty easy sell from there. Nice. Wow. I'm I'm sold. Could you run mine for me, please? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so okay, so you pretty much go to the landlords, and you pretty much have a script of how to get them to give you their property. Um, and and the lo the wear and tear because I actually I'm trying to do Airbnb arbitrage and I was talking to what I was doing was I was talking to a lady who had a furnished place and that was her thing she was like well I would rent it out but it's gonna be wear and tear on the property because they're gonna be long term well no no, no. I wasn't I was just trying to Airbnb it 
I was trying to right, corporate. Oh, okay. I was trying to corporate rent it. I, I want. Okay. I, I like money. I like to make money sitting on my behind. So I, <laughs> I like to. I was trying to corporate rent it, and that was her thing. She's like, uh, they won't clean it, and then she's like, well, I possibly do it if I can have a cleaner come in there every week. So I was like, okay, and she gave me a price, but then she, I guess she didn't kind of get what I was trying to do because I didn't want to have. She wanted to involve Airbnb in it, but she didn't really want. She wasn't getting the concept of we're going to do this without Airbnb because they're going to take like, what, six, seven hundred bucks from you in the little service fee. So, yeah, I'm, I'm dipping, dipping, dipping my toes in that a little bit. Just dive in, bro. Why are you dipping your toes? Uh, I'm you trying know, to dive the, in, dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me answer, Micah. <laughs> Go ahead, Tyler. Um, the, the opportunity fell in my lap. It was actually pretty cool. Uh, basically the couple I was working with is a friend of my roommate and they were, they're basically doing the, uh, burr strategy. So they, they, uh, buy, uh, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. So they, they had purchased a property that they were rehabbing. Um, and they wanted to, they were already under contract on another property, but in order to to close on the loan and in order to get the financing that they needed, they needed a paper lease in hand, but they wanted to do Airbnb. So they called the only guy that they know that does this and which is me. And they asked if I would rent the property from them. And I had never, I'd thought about doing it, but I'd never taken that step uh, to actually seeking out these properties. And I said, sure. And so we negotiated the uh, initial price they gave me was way too high because most people think you just make, you know, tens of thousands of dollars a month on, on, on Airbnb. And, and in, in the Denver, mar- I think that there are some markets that, that you really can, but, but Denver, it's actually uh, margins are actually pretty tight. So we negotiated and, and settled on a, on a rent, which I think is, is uh, pretty, pretty much market rate. Uh, they pay all utilities. They pay for the license. Uh, I pay the taxes, and it's a total win-win situation. They have a lease in hand. They were able to close uh, on their property. I think they've already bought probably two more since since I gave them the lease. So um, I think their plan is to either take it over from me after the year, or or we're going to work out some type of a profit-sharing agreement where it's continues to be mutual beneficial and I can continue to rent it out for two, three, four or five years from them. I picture real quick. I picture the, um, whenever they were needing somebody to come in, I was picturing, um, Pulp Fiction when they're saying we got a situation here. And then he tells them <laughs> we're sending the wolf and you, Oh, you sending the wolf. <laughs> so I picture you as the wolf, Tyler, you fix problems. And make money this while one. doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the cleaner. So you're managing a total of 13. How many of those are yours? So I own one. Uh, and then I personally rent two. And then a third one is with the third party investment group. Um, and we have a fourth one coming online soon. This kind of guaranteed rent model is... A lot of times in Denver, I'll go, I'll go pitch, you know, to somebody who's looking for a manager, and then I'll tell them that they can get a guaranteed check every month, and then actually, totally, their 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 interest is peaked, and it, it, the pitch totally changes to, to to that, which actually works better for me. 
So it's really cool being a manager because I, I basically get leads just by the virtue of, you know, they find my website or, you know, referral or whatever. And then I can kind of get them in this, in this rent arbitrage. Uh, so it's, it's been pretty interesting. So you call it guaranteed rent. Guaranteed income. Guaranteed it's income. Basically the, the idea is you want to, <clears throat> instead of, uh, instead of telling the owner that you, that you're renting their property from them, you, you, you basically want them to feel like they're kind of involved in this short-term rental, uh, you know, operation that you have going on. Cause that's a, that's a buzzword that's popular. You know, people are all talking about Airbnb. So in, in, in an effort to kind of make them feel like they're kind of in it with you, you tell them that, that they're getting guaranteed income. Um, so, uh, it's basically a lease, uh, that allows, um, assignment and subletting, and it specifically says in the lease that that we're gonna we're gonna rent the property out on Airbnb. We're not, you know, surprising them or anything like that. So it's a you have a company, right? Yes. So, so okay, how many employees is it, or how many of you partners are there, and what do y'all? How do y'all divvy up the tasks? So uh, it's just me. Um, I had, <laughs> I've had, uh, yeah, it's just me. Um, Wolf don't need nobody. Yeah. Hell no. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I, I think when I get to about 20 is when I'll need to bring in some kind of boots on the ground help. Um, I have a really, uh, flexible job. Uh, it's not my full-time job. Um, and I'm, I sit at a desk all day at a computer so I can respond very quickly. Uh, I use really powerful automation software that automates 90% of what I do. So it's, it's, it's pretty easy for me to manage the number of properties I have just kind of on the side. But to answer your question, uh, I have an admin support that responds to guest reviews and helps me do my books and helps me write training manuals for staff. Uh, I hire contract employees for all of my housekeepers. So I actually don't go through a big cleaning company. I had nice. bad experience doing that. So I hire individual contractors, which sounds like a lot more work, but it actually, uh, it, it actually works a lot, a lot better for me. And then I'm in the process of training a virtual assistant in the Philippines, uh, to eventually take over all my communication. So, uh, okay. I not, a- not, not, not a huge group. Okay, I, I have a question about that. Because um, I, I, I'm actually, I was considering doing the same thing. I, I know you seen my post and we talked last week. Um, do, do you think that, like, possibly a language barrier could be a negative effect on, like, reviews? Or how do you think that would, because essentially they would be managing everything, including the communication, correct? Yeah, you're talking about with regards to using a, a, a virtual assistant that's overseas? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they... I talked to this woman on the phone for 45 minutes. Uh, you know, she, the, the only issue I see, I don't think the language barrier is, is really much of an issue. The one issue I see is that people are using Airbnb. And I think this is sort of changing as travel behavior shifts, but, um, people are using Airbnb cause they want a more personal experience and they want to feel like they're hosted 
And so when they, if they find out that they're speaking to somebody in the Philippines, that's not a personal experience for them. That kind of ruins some of it. Um, so really I'm only using her on the weekends and kind of on nights when I, when there's very low call volume, but eventually my plan is to, is to train these people to, uh, interact with guests in, in, in a way where they don't, don't know that they're not local in Denver. Sweet. Okay. I'm doing it, man. So, so it sounds like you're going more from the aspect of <clears> – because <throat> my thing is, then the, the other side of that, I was thinking, well, how often does a guest actually call? You know what I mean? And Not often. Exactly. And I was thinking that too. Well, they don't actually call that often, but there's always one here or there, and they don't want that – you know what I mean, that review on you, if they have a problem with it. But Yeah, and, and, and you know, I've, I've got – you know. I- out of 13, I probably get two calls a week. And it's because it's, it's not because they need to call me. It's because they're, you know, uncomfortable using the platform to message. Uh, you know, maybe they're, they're just more, more kind of old school. They're not as tech savvy. So they'd rather just hit call. Um, and then the number one call I get is for people that can't figure out how to use the electronic locks. So <laughs> all I do, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it, it's, it happens all the time and my kind of higher tech wi-fi locks do malfunction sometimes they're they're not a hundred percent reliable so my backup plan is i have a lock box at every property so if they call and the lock doesn't work all i do is give them the code to the lock box i think that somebody working remotely could say you know hey this is this is kobe and b you know this is whoever with kobe and b you know can i help you and so that they know that they're that they work for for my management company, that they're not me, and they can easily just give them the code to the lockbox. They get in, and then they don't have to talk to them again. So, um, so I think the 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 volume of calls is is so low that that I don't really see the the language barrier or that really being an issue. Um, it's just it's just not it just doesn't happen very often, and these. I mean, they, there are a lot of people that work in Asia and Europe that have extremely strong English skills. They grew up speaking English. Um, they, they, have, they have an accent, but, but their English is almost perfect. What, what lock no. do you use? I'm sorry about that. Uh, that's a good question. I recently have started using lock state. Um, it's... Uh, it's. I think it's great if if you if you do the master leasing thing and, and you're you're renting these properties yourself. Absolutely use Lock State. My struggle is how do I convince a, a property owner that I'm managing the property to buy this lock, and is it worth it for me to spend two hundred or two hundred and fifty bucks on a lock when they would you know spend a hundred on on a kind of a lower tech lock. So I think eventually in a perfect world, if I had all these great high margin clients, I would just go buy the lock for them and then that would be easy. But really the, the advantages of having a lock state locker for the property manager, it's not a huge advantage for, for, the, for the property owner. You know, why don't you just come over and change the code? Like why, you know, why, why am I paying 100 extra bucks for your convenience? So um, I put lock state locks on the properties that I own and rent. And we use Slage brand normally, uh, pretty much on all of our other properties. 
just a standard keypad. You can program 20 codes or something. So what got you into real estate, first of all? Uh, when I purchased my, my first house, uh, I bought a 530-square-foot, one-bedroom townhouse in Denver. Uh, so extremely small place. What year was uh, that? That was 2015. So I closed in July of 2015. So now um, it went up. It went up by a hundred thousand dollars since then. Uh, just about. For real? <laughs> That's nice. Yep. I, I paid. Uh, I paid 225 for my 530 square foot one bedroom, uh, in which is a lot, but uh, no HOA, which is huge for me. Um, which is like unheard of. There's no one bedrooms that don't have HOAs. No HOA, outdoor space, central heating and air conditioning, parking, deeded parking, a deeded yard has an actual real lot, um, has a, a little patio in the back. It kind of checked all the boxes. And my next door neighbor, it's, it's, it's part of a fourplex. My next door neighbors uh, just appraised for 309. So in two years, it's gone up <laughs> almost $100,000. So I'm about to either do a cash out refi or HELOC and I don't know. I'm, I've got the real estate bug. I'm, you know, looking to flip, maybe do, but buy and hold is, is not, not really working in, in Denver. It's too expensive in this market, but can still be successful flipping. If I can find a place with a carriage house or a mother-in-law suite, I'll do that. You know, Airbnb, the, the top unit, get a tenant to, to live in the bottom. As James probably told you. Um, that's kind of the, the niche the, around it. <laughs> that is the only, if you're trying to stay legit, that's the only way to go. And you can cat the cash flow is ridiculous on those, but they're really hard to find. I mean, the, there's not a lot of properties that are zoned for, for two units. Uh, some of them are even zoned even for three, but they're very hard to find. I don't think building an accessory dwelling unit on your on your lot is really cost effective. You really need to find one that's already got it. But uh, yeah, so I, I mean to answer your question, I, I I got into it totally not. I no intention of using Airbnb. I tried to Airbnb in an apartment that I rented once, and I like had the listing all set up, and I got a professional photographer because they used to offer that for for totally for free. And they came over and took pictures of my place, and I was like, there's got to be something, like, not allowed with this. And sure <laughs> enough, I, I read my lease again, and it says, you know, no subletting of any kind. And so, um, yeah, but. Man. Dang. So, so it sounds so- like you don't want to leave the Denver market, right? Um, I think I want to do my first uh, deal as an investor in the Denver market just because that's what I know. I think once I get comfortable doing, uh, you know, flips or buy and holds or, you know, short-term rental properties, I'll kind of branch out. Um, There's a great uh, article I read the other day. There's a a really good Bigger Pockets podcast on investing out of state also. Um, And, uh, yeah, I think think I'm probably going to do my first deal locally just because, you know, that's where I live. And then once I get comfortable, I'll, I'll branch out. It seems like you have, you're capable. You would be very capable of um, of managing like in a different state. You know what I'm saying? Like you were saying that, that article, managing uh, remotely. 
because you said you have that software thing down. You know how to get the cleaners. You got the the remote locks. You got it. It seems like you got it all together. I don't know. It seems like very doable. Yeah, and and you definitely can. Um, I, I read about these people that travel the world on yachts and they they manage thirty properties remotely. <laughs> you know, they're they're they got their housekeeper. You know, messaging guests and stuff. I, I don't I don't really buy that. Um, that, that, that hey, Jasper Rivers for, did that, man. Yeah, that's that's who I'm referring to. Um, <laughs> He's a friend. I've, I've read his book. It's a great book. Um, I mean, how he did that, I, I don't know. Um, I think in order to run a responsible uh, management company, and he's also probably you know renting these properties. So when you rent the property yourself, you can do whatever you want with it. If you don't respond to a guest in an hour, so what? It's your loss. As soon as you manage a property, you are expected to be on it. And, you know, I started out co-hosting on Airbnb, which, which I don't do anymore for a whole lot of reasons. But um, you're, you're just way more accountable uh, when, you, when, you're, when you're managing for somebody else. Um, so I've already set up a team up in some of the mountain districts, some of the mountain uh, markets up in uh, like the ski areas. And I've you just posted it out on Craigslist. You find a find an inspector, and you find an inspector that already knows handyman and plumber and electrician, and then you find your housekeeping staff. And once you got those two key people, you're you're good to go. What what uh? What That's all ma- you need. Yeah. What what mountain areas uh, do you rent out in? So we're all set up to go in Summit County. So that's Breckenridge, Keystone. Uh, we can go out as far as Beaver Creek, maybe Vail. Um, but it's tough. I mean, those markets have been managing short-term rental properties for however long the mountain, the ski mountain opened. So, um, there's a lot like in Denver, there's, there's no one else really. I mean, there's a couple other people doing it, but it's so new that it's really easy to get clients. Um, cause there's a huge demand. Um, so I have the team in place and that as of like a week ago, I'm, we're starting to work on marketing and, uh, actually going after some clients up there because I think that in the mountain and, and, and really, really high price markets like that, it's actually a lot more profitable to manage than it is to master lease or own. So that's kind of why I am not, uh, going after, after rental properties up there. I had a text battle with Micah earlier. It wasn't really a battle. We don't battle because I'd obviously win every time. But anyways, <laughs> anyways, um, we were, I, I was talking about that. I was like, you know, we talked about the arbitrage. But then we talked about it'd be great to accumulate properties, you know, and um, build wealth. You know, that's what Bigger Pockets preaches. I, I hear you. Uh, I see you drinking the Bigger Pockets Kool-Aid. Looks like a little, little like beer, but and um <laughs> Anyways, so I, I was telling Micah, you know what? Arbitrage is great. So is buy and holds. But kind of like arbitrage would work great when markets are super high. You know, you can't. I mean, it would be like losing money to buy in. And then after the market tanks, crashes, you know, what goes up must come down. Then use that cash you've been stacking to, to go buy your properties, man. I think you could I think you could work both, you know, in different scenarios like you just said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And- I mean, the going management rate up in the mountains is 30 to 40%. And 
you know, I, I right off the bat, I was like, oh man, I got to go and rent a bunch of properties. And then I did the math and I was like, wait, I can make double managing and the, the owners don't live. And also, um, the reason why you can't really do the kind of rental thing up there is their vacation. People own these homes because they want to use them for vacation. So if you rent a property on a year lease, you can't use that, you know, it gets complicated. You, you can, um, and we've done it before, but, but it just gets complicated. So, uh, with an owner that doesn't live in the area, they don't have this, you know, romantic interest in their property. They've, they're used to running it short term. They're not, they're not, you're not having to convince them to, to, to really do anything. Um, you can actually make a lot more money and you don't have any risk, um, because it's really expensive to rent up there and it's even more expensive to buy. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just an hour up the road. Uh, I, I love, you know, any excuse to kind of go drive up there and hang out is, is awesome. And so, you know, I, I wanted to try that out because the, you know, the going rate for management is basically double what it is in Denver. Nice. Do it, man. Do it. Well, I have a business proposition for you. So you're looking to invest, right? Yes. So you're looking to invest. uh, You want to flip. How how, how long, like, what's the average you think you'll make off one flip? Um... So I'm trying. I'm planning on doing my first deal with a with a coworker, but we realistically want to shoot to make twenty thousand off the flip. So we'll do ten thousand each. How long does the flip, does the flip take to long? How long does it take to complete the flip? You know, I've never done it before. Uh, I think it, it it depends completely on, on on how much work needs to be done. Uh, we'll probably do our first property. You know, just need some lipstick, some. You know, new paint, new carpet, swap out the crappy appliances, put in new countertops, and you're done. Um, so, you know, that could probably take a month. Uh, but some of the bigger projects, I, th- I think, you know, two, three, even four months uh, on, on kind of full gut jobs. So, I got some advice for you. Watch HGTV. They get they knock that thing out in a week, bro. <laughs> Easy. Like an hour per episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. 30 minutes, man. <laughs> Sometimes they come across a problem, but then they somehow figure it all out, and yep. everybody's happy. Or you know? what you could do is, instead of flipping, you come down to Dallas. You buy a nice little three-bedroom, two-bath duplex, 250000 You put down 20%. And I not manage the Airbnb. I manage the corporate rental for you. That's the hey. That that's step two. As soon yeah, as I you know. get get my feet wet, I'm I'm moving out of I'm moving out of state because Denver is pretty maxed out. The all the flippers I know here are like, man, it was so good five ten years ago, and it's just hard to find deals. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking looking out of state next yeah, year man. i can you pay know, you two there's... grand for each side that's four grand in your <laughs> pocket man <laughs> <All right. laughs> you know denver is just so high right now man <laughs> literally <laughs> so i got some questions you got yeah, some go questions no no, no go me... ahead man okay um let me see what okay i'll talk about there's a lot of questions here um what 
what actions are you taking to just well that's kind of you've been answering that throughout i was going to say what okay what big actions do you foresee yourself taking to scale your business to make to, to grow faster the the biggest one right now is doing all this bs that i don't want to do like creating and documenting uh training for staff that i hire because ultimately i mean i i, I can do this for the next couple months where i'm you know, attached to my phone at the hip and I'm answering guest messages and I'm, you know, answering calls from my housekeepers and, and, and dealing with all this. But at the end of the day, I'm going to, my goal is to hire somebody to take over all the day-to-day stuff that I do. So it's, it's basically compiling everything that's in my head and everything that I do to handle these types of situations and putting it on paper and creating training manuals so that I can, uh, you know, basically hire and train support staff as I grow so that I don't just start drowning in crazy work. So you're a very analytical thinker, right? I, yeah, I, my, my job now is I work for a pipeline engineering company. So I'm the civil engineer and I, I think very, very logically. Nice. So, um, Okay, so you guys have the pretty much pretty strict laws and rules around Airbnb in your area. Well, they they're starting to. We don't have any laws and rules or regulations right now, but there've been town hall meetings about Airbnb here, and there may be some type of regulation coming soon. Do you see like what do you see coming from for Airbnb in the future? Like, do you see? Hey, there's going to be tough regulations. I don't think Airbnb go to, will go away, but what do you see coming in the future? Because you manage properties, and you you probably have a wide perspective on that. Yeah, that, that's a that's a great question. Uh, first thing I would recommend for those of us that have a vested interest in keeping this alive is go to those city council meetings because I go to every single one in Denver, and no one goes. It's only the people that hate Airbnb. So it's the <laughs> It's the, you know, I'm sorry, but it's the old ladies who live at the end of the street who, you know, there's one party that happens in the house or that she thinks is a party. And it's like this atrocity that's ruining the neighborhood and ruining her town and yada, yada. So those are the people that attend the meetings. And I think that those types of people are the people that are shaping the laws in these in these cities because they do listen to the general public when they're drafting up these legislations and there just aren't very many hosts that, that, that go. So, um, if, if involvement grows, I, I think that, um, Denver isn't as strict as you can get, but they're one of the only cities that has, uh, a completely comprehensive, uh, program to regulate and tax rentals. Um, so it was, it's been really cool going to those meetings and kind of getting to see firsthand, uh, you know, what, what's going on kind of in these back rooms and, and sort of what, what direction are, are they moving in? And I think that my, my, my take on, you know, I'm talking about urban metropolitan areas. I'm not talking about vacate, not talking about the beach or the mountains. The, Airbnb is going to be legal in those areas till the end of time because it's the only, industry that they have but in in urban markets i think in uh kind of tier two markets where tourism isn't huge the cities are gonna welcome it with open arms uh you know it's like 
Cleveland and Cincinnati and St. Louis and Arlington, uh, Texas, Berg. Yeah. Arlington, Texas, <laughs> Pittsburgh, you know, like these cities that are kind of trying to grow and, and they, they welcome the tax money. They welcome the tourism. Um, those cities I think are, are, are going to be safer. Um, and then you've got your kind of, I call them tier one cities like LA, New York, uh, Denver's almost there. San Francisco, where they, they have the housing crisis is already totally blown out of proportion. They can't afford to, to, to have rents or, or home prices go up anymore. So they're going to come down really hard on, on Airbnb. And it makes perfect sense to me, um, you know, if, if, if you look at it from that angle. But, uh, you know, I, I think in, in more conservative areas, smaller towns, uh, you're, you're probably pretty safe. It is. It's always funny how they're like all these town halls are like, oh, let's get rid of Airbnb. Airbnb ruined everything. And and if I was there, I'd be like, what the hell? What's wrong? What up with Booking dot com? Go after them or somebody mm-hmm. else. You know, VRBL. Yeah. No, it's just it's always Airbnb, man. I think it's just because they're yeah. well, they're the biggest and they're they're all over the news all the time. No matter one little incident happens, you know, it, there's like millions of incidents happen in hotels all the time, but it don't get it doesn't get blown up on the news. Mm-hmm. You know, Uber so and Lyft. This is a perfect, you know, same same type of situation. Somehow Lyft um, is Lyft. People are like, "Oh, they're the good guys," and Uber's the bad guy. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Uber picks me up first, yeah. and it's cheaper. So- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. Hey, I have a quick question for you. So, one thing that I was trying to ask down here, and I didn't haven't really got much of an answer yet from the people that attend the meetings or whatever um, in Denver. So, you guys have a pretty strong, pretty tough laws or whatever. What's backing that? Is it more the citizens or is it more the hotel industry? Great question. Uh, it's not the hotel industry at all. Uh, I've been to five or six of these meetings. Never seen anybody from the hotel industry there. It is citizens that have lived in this neighborhood for 20 years. And it irks them that there's people that are making money off renting out a spare room. It just it doesn't. And, and also, I can, I can completely understand where they're coming from. If I had, you know, small children and, you know, uh, a, a family home that I've lived in for a while, I don't necessarily want my next-door neighbor to be this revolving door of transients that's basically a, a, a hotel being run out of my next-door neighbor's house. <laughs> I, I totally get it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I can see both sides of, of the argument. Obviously, I'm a huge Airbnb proponent. It, my, my business depends on it. Um, you know, I, I profit from that on, on the property that I, that I own. Um, and so I, I think there's, there's a balance. There's got to be a balance. It's, it's not, you know, it, it, it's not like this is the worst thing ever. And, and, you know, you're welcoming in all these partiers and drug addicts and these horrible people that are just coming into houses and tearing them apart and ruining the neighborhood like that's not the case but at the same time i don't think it should be a complete free-for-all because there whenever you have that and there's there's very low barrier to entry you're going to get just irresponsible hosts that kind of ruin it for everybody um so i think denver it's i think it's too strict um if they kind of pump the brakes a little bit it'd be it'd be almost perfect because it does keep a lot of people that you know have never hosted before like they don't know that their home has to have fire you know a fire extinguisher and and uh 
smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detect, you know, they're, they're, they're not, they're just trying to make a quick buck. Um, so it does keep some of those people out. And, and I think that's, that's probably a good thing. This is one thing I had to, um, and I, you kind of touched on it with people just trying to make a quick buck. Do you think the share economy has created non-business-minded business owners? Um, I think so. I mean, but it's 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 got to be. I mean, it's it definitely opens the door. To, because a lot of people, when you think about starting a business, it's this like huge idea and it's, it's, it's like overwhelming to even think about, you know, filing an LLC and, and getting a lawyer <laughs> to draft up a property management agreement. It's just, it's just overwhelming. And, and so I think that the sharing economy allows people to kind of get their feet wet and kind of test entrepreneurship and, and, and some regard, you know, it's, you're if you're an uber driver you are you know an entrepreneur you're 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 car hacking you know you're you're making you're figuring out a way to make money and and you're not working for somebody else necessarily you know they 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 take a cut out of what you make but you're you know nobody's telling you when you got to go to work so i i think this whole sharing economy thing is is really cool um and 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 it does you know, people that don't treat Airbnb like a business and they're irresponsible with it, absolutely that happens. But but I think the vast majority of, of people that, you know, that are driving for Uber, that are hosting on Airbnb and the litany of other sharing economy apps and stuff are, are pretty responsible. And, and overall, it's, it's, it's a huge positive. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, on, on that note, where do you see what do you see in the for the future of the sharing economy what i mean do you are there any innovations that you can foresee in that analytical brain of yours yeah there i mean there is the uber or airbnb of so many things that i don't think we've thought of i was talking to my dad on the phone and i was like man like my dad lives in pensacola florida and it was like, there's all these people that have all these boats that are sitting around. I'm like, why don't we create an app for the Airbnb of boats? And, you know, people could rent out their boat for $500 a day and, and, and tourists would pay that. Um, and sure enough, that already existed. But the point is, I wasn't aware of it. And there's a sharing economy thing that, that was out there. So I think there's there's got to be, you know, more ways different ways to make money that, that we just haven't thought of what's the name of that the airbnb for boats what's the name of that i i can't remember I'll, I'll, I'll have to look it up I, I googled it the other day i was so mad when i found it <laughs> oh yeah i think I it's i think it's called boats and hose bnb <laughs> like water hose <laughs> wow man <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I, I was like, yeah, that's a good idea to run out some boats. Yeah, I was about to uh, hop on that, man. But yeah, okay, that's, that's a good yeah, idea. Because no the liability me. of that, the liability of that scares the hell out of me. But who knows? I'm sure they have some host guarantee that you know covers you for a million dollars, like Airbnb does. Does oh, Airbnb yeah. people, have that? Drown. Does Airbnb have that? They do, yeah. There's a, there's 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 two types of insurance policies that they advertise. 
It was a facetious uh, question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, no. Have, have you ever had? To, have you ever used it? Successfully? You got me. <laughs> what? No, no, no. I haven't. You haven't yet. Uh, okay. No, I would never use that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I trust my own insurance better. Yeah. 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 Put it to the test, man. Mm-hmm. I tried to the other day, and I I didn't get much f- good feedback. Um. But, well, that was they made some good points because you asked yeah. the community if the they would, you know, is that a thing now? People are stealing car seats out of out of cars. I was like, what the hell's up with that? Yeah. Anyways, Michael's guest got her car seat stolen. Literally, her car seats out of her car, broke into her car, and he was going to see if Airbnb is going to pay for it. But they made a good point. It was, shouldn't her um, car insurance pay for something like that? that? Yeah. That is true. Yeah, and I, and I was wondering that because – so here goes the funny thing. I asked her to send me pictures, and she never sent pictures, so I, I don't know if she was making it up to get a reimbursement. Because I know if oh, my car got yeah. broken to – I would follow a police report, send pictures, try to get – you know what I mean? But she wouldn't send pictures, so I think – she may have been making it up. I hate to say that. Go ahead. You said you said she drove off in a bucket? No, I'm like – no, because she said they took her seat. So I'm like, what would you do, put a bucket in there and drive off? I mean, no, I'm serious. <laughs> well, how do you drive off if you ain't got no seats? I'm, but I don't I know. I had a funny visual of her in a bucket just driving. <laughs> hey, man. I've seen it happen in Houston, man. I've seen somebody get their truck broken into. The dude had a bucket, and he drove off in the car because they had all the stuff. So, hey. Yeah. How can you be a happy driver when you're driving on a bucket? I'm just... He wasn't too happy, man. His seats were gone. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're getting off topic. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, man. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, do you use other? you said you use other formats besides Airbnb. Which ones do you use? I do. Uh, in in Denver, Airbnb is ninety five percent of pretty much all traffic. Uh, I do list on Booking dot com, which has been definitely picking up. Uh, that is a strong platform that if you can learn how to use it, you can definitely increase revenue by using it. Uh, then I list and, on VRBO. And how do you use how do you use Booking dot com? I want to know you know selfishly because I just got on there. I'm just I'm just started it up. So what I've found and heard from other people is about 30% of bookings are totally fraudulent. So people are booking your place with no intention of paying for it at all because booking.com doesn't, as you probably know, they don't collect payment. So they don't process any payments at all. So uh, they also don't, you know, they don't have an insurance policy. You don't have a guest profile. There's really no exchange of information or transparency with that platform at all. So what I do is I make all my guests sign a rental agreement. I make them upload a photocopy of their driver's license. And then I send them an invoice 30 days before they arrive that they have to pay in full. And if they don't pay it, I just don't give them the code to the house. So, so, um, that's awesome. Okay, so how, how far out? You said you have them 30 days before. How far out can they book with you on Booking.com? Yeah, so it's it's tough. Booking.com, at least I, I haven't figured it out. Um, I'm, I'm still pretty new to it. It's not like Airbnb where you have a calendar that, that you can just you know block out days. Um, it's totally controlled by your channel manager. So it's totally controlled by your software. 
uh, and there's no, literally no limit on on how far in advance guests can can book. So what happened to me when I first listed is I got a booking like a year in advance because I forgot to hold out like you know indefinite dates, and I was like, oh shit! <laughs> like one of my clients' places got booked a year. I don't even know if he's you know still gonna own the property in a year. So you know you just you learn it's trial by fire. And, no. Yeah. Micah, you have a unique a unique way of using Booking.com. How's that? Mine? I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of had to block it off because I, I went corporate on all my private rooms in my house. But hey, we don't get paid by them. Don't advertise that. No, uh, but, <laughs> no, but um, no, but so what I was doing, what I do now, uh, I would send them to my PayPal. I'd get paid through the PayPal. My PayPal, that'd be a good way. But my problem with Booking.com was I didn't. You could book that same night. So I've had people knock on my door from booking.com like, hey, your place was up. And I'm like, uh, no, nah, we're full for tonight. So I, I kind of had to block out a, like a couple months before on booking.com. So I thought you told me that, that you um, you canceled their booking on booking.com and then just send them to your, um, um, to your Airbnb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that as well. I did that as well. And you said I, you can get unlimited cancellations and it won't affect you. Yeah, it won't affect you. That is the good thing about it. You can cancel as many people as really? you want. Really? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't affect you if you cancel. Oh, I did not know that. Oh, yeah. I was so no effect about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's no effect at all. Um, that was one of the good things about it. Um, the, the thing I didn't like, you couldn't turn off Instant Book, which I guess because Steve was saying that's kind of more of a – it's kind of more of a uh, – was it European, Switzerland type of thing? Yeah. Yeah, so – that was one thing I didn't like, but ever since then, I, I, I'll probably use it for, like, vacancy periods. Like, if I have a vacancy period, I'll use it. But now I'm kind of going all corporate with all my Arlington properties, especially my private rooms. It, it's, it's built for hotels, and that, exactly. that setup works great for a hotel. It just doesn't work well for, for you know, people's homes. Yeah, it doesn't. Like, and I, I noticed, like, it's a lot of hotels on there as well. A lot of hotels list their places mm-hmm. on Booking.com. <clears throat> but, I, I, but I will tell you this. We, I could argue that Booking.com gets as much traffic and eyes on your property as Airbnb. Because I think it's, think it's a little bit more global. Well, I think Airbnb is too, but I, I think Booking.com yeah, but, is it's up there. But Booking.com has the most traffic of any yeah. uh, booking website on planet Earth. Now, their their share of vacation rentals is smaller than Airbnb's. So, like, overall rentals, including hotels, like, yeah, like they have way more. But um, the, the actual vacation rentals is less. But they're, I mean, they're they're very quickly catching up. Do you th- so? Do you think if Booking dot com made like made like a platform to be to you know include a profile picture and all that? Do you think they could be like Airbnb's true competitor? Yeah, absolutely. And and that, I mean, VRBO and HomeAway is already doing that. I don't I don't know if you guys you know host on those platforms. They're they're they've changed extremely dramatically in the last year and it's it's all mimicking airbnb they have this market minder thing and where you can see your listing search ranking and now guests have profile pictures and now they've introduced reviews and so yeah i I think that's the direction that that they should go in if, if they're trying to compete 
All right. You want to do some role playing, Tyler? Love to. Does that sound weird? Anyways. <laughs> all right. I I my got girlfriend's this. out here, but. <laughs> hey. <it's pretty> <laughs> <laughs> so I got, okay, let's say I got a house, right? I got a nice, decent house, decent neighborhood. Um, my mortgage is a thousand bucks a month. With bills and everything, I'm in at like let's say you know with cable, internet, everything that I'm paying for, let's say fourteen hundred a month, right? And you see an opportunity to go in there and arbitrage it, right? So how do you come to me, what, okay, knowing that that's about okay? I make I'm paying about fourteen, fifteen hundred a month, all everything paid, and you see an opportunity, and, and I'd I'd rather I'd you know thinking about going the long term route. I don't know. How do you go in there and, and sell me on the arbitrage? And what prices do you throw at me? So, did you are, have you owned the property for a long time, or, or did you just buy it? Okay, I've or owned does it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> um. Okay, let's just say I've owned it for about five or six years. I see my buddies getting into this this written out game, and I'm thinking of dipping my toe in the water. And and and, and you come at me and 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 offer me the arbitrage. Yeah. So, I would. I would, uh, it depends on where I, uh, where I found your, your listing. If I found it on Craigslist or on Zillow, I guess. I'd, okay. Maybe a friend of a friend. Cause, cause I, I yeah, yeah, I didn't even think about that part. Okay. A friend of a friend yeah. I'm telling him about, it. he's like, Hey, I know this guy, Tyler, man, he's good. Yeah. So I, I had a, a similar situation, um, with, uh, a friend sent me a phone number of, a friend they had who's renting out his place. He lived there for three years. It was his first house. He's never rented out to tenants before. And uh, I think he posted it on, you know, nextdoor.com. Didn't really get a lot of traffic. Kind of an older property. Um, and he wanted kind of a lot of money for it. So uh, I literally shot him a text and I said, hey, man, uh, you know, I'd love to talk to you about, about renting your place. I run Airbnbs. Uh, you know, please give me a call if you might be interested. And I was super vague about it and I didn't think he was going to call me back and he called me back and he said, yeah, I'm interested. And we came and, and I, you know, I gave him my pitch, which I kind of went over with you guys earlier. I told him about how it was going to be clean professionally, how, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be used for three, four nights at a time. Your appliances aren't being used. Uh, and you don't have a long-term tenant to deal with. And he's like, man, like I'm moving to Baltimore. Like, I don't know what my work situation is going to be like. I don't know if I'm even going to be gone a year. Like this sounds like an awesome deal. Cause I can just, you know, I'm signing a year lease, but basically there's a, there's a 60 day out clause in all my leases. Either, either party can cancel if they want to. Um, so give some flexibility, you know, we're going to extend past that year. So he doesn't have to go find a tenant after a year. And once I got that into his head, it was, it was a no brainer. He was totally sold. Do, do you, Sweet. Uh, have you ever tried approaching them and trying to put them up, put them on a month to month lease? And if so, have you had cook kickback? No, only because Denver's seasonal swings are so bad um, that I want a year. Uh, I gotta have a year, or else unless if they want if they want to rent it to me in June, July, and August, I would definitely do that. Um, but the the ramp up period, you know, when you're starting a new property uh, and you, uh, um, you know, you, you you put your place on Airbnb, it doesn't have any reviews. You've got to rent it out for pretty cheap for the first couple months, 
even even if I host it, you know, I'm a super host and have have all these reviews. It's still the property doesn't have reviews. Most people won't stay at it. Um, so I, I want to rent it. I, I I am in a six month lease, um, but only because the tail end of that's in the summer. Um, but generally, no. I I want to be I want to be locked in for for a year. Uh, here's a quick tip for you. If you're a super host, and let's say your property has no reviews, you can list it extremely high, and if some people see you're a super host, they'll book it. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't know if that worked, but I've been doing it with my timeshares, and they book them. I'm like, dang. You know, I, I, sometimes I'll list them at like some insane prices. I'm like, yeah, I won't give it out. It'll hit. I, I, that's that's actually That's actually one of my things we used to talk about on the podcast. Uh, to make a little extra additional money, let people borrow your super host status. <laughs> How wow. do you do that? You just you let it. You list your property. You list their property for them. Yeah, just be like, look, I'll take thirty percent. Wow, Mike, get some data on that or something like <laughs> what that. Benefit. That's awesome. I, I need to get in on that. Yeah, Micah, piss, Micah pisses off the Facebook groups sometimes with his with his logic. Oh yeah, they they hate me in there. I'm like, no, they, they're not too. They're more. Never mind. I don't want to go into how they are, but yeah. You know, no, but like the ones I, that you know, the title tells in the in the classroom when we're you know, in in middle school. The non business minded business owners. That's who they are. <laughs> Nothing wrong with making a buck, man. <laughs> yeah, but it's like some of them, they're getting mad and start squealing about stuff. I'm like, man, it's a business. Business. So, um, that's a groovy poster behind you, Tyler. Thank you. He's my buddy. He's my buddy, Bob. <laughs> huge Bob Dylan fan? <sighs> Smoking a cig. Um, yeah. I'm not, not huge, but, uh, I, I, I've always had that. My mom got it for me, so it's kind of... It's always been in my room. Nice. And uh, for you, uh, those of you listening on the podcast, you can um, go to the YouTube and, and check out that poster. It's pretty groovy. <laughs> That's all I got. Okay, okay. Have you had any major setbacks in your um, investing career so far? And how'd you get past that? I think major setbacks in investing in – in, with respect to, to managing properties, if you can consider that investing. Oh, yeah. um, I, I accepted er, early on. I mean, when you're first starting out, you, you got to take what you can get. And uh, I ended up managing some properties for some clients that uh, we just weren't a good fit. And a few, two of my, you know, one or two of my clients took up 80% of my time and just was a huge stress and emotional drain and just it just wasn't a good fit so um i don't know that i would have learned like the red flags and, and how to avoid people like that if if i hadn't have gone through that to start with so it was kind of a blessing in disguise but um yeah i, I definitely uh you know picked some picked some bad properties uh to start out with uh the first property that i master leased um probably uh wasn't wasn't the best investment um with i wasn't really good at looking at market data and i didn't have that many properties i was managing so i i didn't have a lot of data to kind of you know gut check this and and base it off of um because ultimately 
you can look at air DNA and mash visor and ever booked all you want, but until you actually, you know, manage those properties and see what kind of money's coming in. I mean, that's just data. Um, so now, you know, now I've kind of got a, a, a pretty wide array of, of property types and, and at least in, in the Denver market, I can pretty accurately project what a property is going to make without even using those tools now. So, so Tyler, I'm happy. That was kind of my biggest mistake. Oh, I, I'm yeah, happy sorry. you brought that up about the mash visor and this, these price, these people that t- the, what is it? The, uh, air DNA. How, how much do you trust those? I trust them, uh, a lot. If it's, basing the data off of a lot of properties so if you go and look at a market that doesn't have very many properties and you're plugging in your plug and chug rentalizer and your place sleeps 35 people and there's no houses that sleep 35 people the data is going to be garbage um if you plug in a two bed two bath in cap hill in denver which is a very popular neighborhood you're going to get an accurate projection so I actually tested the data on my property because I had been hosting for a year. So I was like, oh, this is cool. I, I can compare the, the projection. Um, on the year, it was within 7% of what I actually ended up grossing. Wow. Uh, and, then, and then month to month was – so the month to month is less accurate because the seasonal swings are just uh, – it's using, I think uh, – like seasonality factor and that data isn't as good as the is the full year aggregate so the month to month varied about 30 percent on the high end and and some months were like dead on um but on the year i did i beat the estimate by seven percent so i i I think it it can be very accurate and it can be very inaccurate if you know And your experience, and you know what you're looking at, and you know how to spot good data and bad data, it can be a very powerful tool. So now you're an Airbnb badass, right? <laughs> so give us some some Tyler's ingenious actionables that, that could help us and help our viewers. I can say viewers now because we got viewers now and listeners. Please, Tyler, go. God, that's that's tough. Uh, there's there's a lot of them. Um, I think one immediately one that comes to mind is when people start hosting on Airbnb, they put way too many restrictions on their listing. So they require the government ID and reviews from other hosts and a full night minimum and like you know, but five nights on Fridays and they just restrict their, their property and then they won't go below 135 bucks a night. And then they wonder, they go, Tyler, why is my property not being booked? Like, because you guys have this laundry list of you want the perfect guests, but the reality is you're welcoming total strangers into your home just because somebody's never used Airbnb, <clears throat> just because they don't have reviews does not mean they're, they're a bad guest or they're going to trash your house. Um, in fact, those people are probably more nervous and scared to use to stay in somebody else's home than somebody that does have a bunch of reviews. So in my opinion, uh, most people, when they start out, they put way too many restrictions on their listing. And it you got you to gotta let go. You got to <laughs> just be okay. You know, you're... you're 
it's it's not going to be perfect and you're not going to have complete control and know everything about everyone that's in your home. And if you're running out of room in your house, I, I totally understand all that. That's, you know, you're sleeping in the same roof as that person. But if you're running out an entire home, my advice is let go, just go with the flow. You know, shit's going to happen. Somebody's going to, you know, smoke in your house or it's okay. It's what you signed up for. And, you know, the benefits outweigh the negatives. So, I mean, that's, that's my biggest, you know, advice to, to people starting out. Steve's totally disagreeing with you over there because uh, he just had a party at his house. <laughs> he was talking directly to me, Micah. I'm being very unduced. And um, well, I've, I've, yeah, I, I've let everybody in my house. <laughs> and aside from one big party that they did and, you know, broke some stuff, it's been all right. And that was a no reviews person, too. And um, uh, a dance troupe. Never rent out to a dance troupe, by the way. <laughs> what kind of dancers? See, that's what were Mike they was pole saying. pole dancers? Or? <laughs> <laughs> that's what they were, and I told them, but hey. <laughs> no, I don't think they were. I mean, if they were, they were pretty messy, and then, you know, that's they, not good. They had a pole-a-thon in Steve's crib. I but... wouldn't let them on my folks. <laughs> no, so, so I see what you're saying, because I... I I automatically started off with um, Instant Book. I didn't want to do Instant Book, but you know how Airbnb tries to sell you. I think I put it on there at first, but then I said, no, no, I don't want to do Instant Book. I started trying to take it off. Are you sure you want to take it off? Are you sure you take it off? They force you. Yeah. 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 They make, you, they, 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 they make you feel like a bad person yeah. to take that off. I can't, I can't let you do that, Hal. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do, do you or, use Instant Book? <laughs> I do. Or no, do no, you? I was also asking Tyler, do you use Instant Book? All, all of my properties, it's a requirement. So he lets everybody in, bro. So okay, so but what with Instant Book, you you have those restrictions though, right? They have to have reviews and all that stuff, right? Nope. Um, the I it, it honestly, if it's a if it's a management client, uh, I I let them, you know, if if they really want to choose, uh, they they can, um, but. Ultimately, like if you're if you put that restriction on, you're in, in Denver at least. This is what I've seen. You're you're throwing away fifty percent of all bookings, uh, and and that's that's been validated by a couple other people that that I work with. And um, I mean, it's just not. I just can't run a business if you're if you're being that restrictive, and uh, and also like I've I've had bad experiences. I've also had guests that just rip me on reviews and they have like five star everything you know um but uh this is a total total rabbit trail uh i downloaded a uh chrome, google chrome extension to my web browser it's called air review and i don't know if you guys have heard of this it huh. uh it it automatically pulls the review that that guest left on somebody else and embeds it under the review that they got because otherwise you'd have to go click on the properties and go scroll through all the reviews and go, cause ultimately like, yeah, that's great. You can see the reviews that a host left about this guest. But when you're talking about protecting your, your, your business and, and getting good reviews for your properties, cause this might not be the case for, for timeshares, but for these properties that are wide open for years, you know, one bad review can, can totally screw you. 
And so you, you're, I'm actually more interested in the reviews that these guests are leaving for other properties. So this Google Chrome extension called Air Review will, it, it goes and finds that review that the guest left, and it just sticks it right under the under their review when you click on their profile. So it's pretty cool. Wow. That's so awesome. Yo, yo, I, I just... My went, mind was blown. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting here. I just downloaded it. Uh, there's all types of stuff on here. There's Explore Nearby Places for Airbnb, Airbnb Price Night Corrector. Dang, that's pretty dope, man. I didn't, we, like, we, I had no idea about that. Thanks for letting me know. Mm-hmm. Listeners... That's a, that's, a, yeah. that's a Tyler tip for y'all. Yeah, that's a Tyler tip. That, that's, that's dope, man. <laughs> just the tip. So, so, okay, with that information... <laughs> Like, let's say you see this guest leaving people pretty bad reviews. Would you assume, like, with Instant Book, would you kind of be like, eh, I probably don't want this person to stay? Or how do you gauge that information? Yeah, and and that's tough because Airbnb does really they, – they really penalize you bad for canceling reservations. Um, and so I – don't cancel a reservation. However, they give you three a year for free or something. So if you call and tell them, hey, I'm not comfortable hosting this guest. They have all these bad reviews. Uh, I think that it poses a, a safety threat and that they're going to trash my house. And if that's a legitimate concern and you're not just trying to get out of a booking because you double booked or something, the agents are usually pretty good and they'll actually cancel it totally penalty free if, if you call them. Nice. Now wow. let's get this. Oh, you just go. Go ahead, Micah. I'm glad I can. Oh see you no, there. no. Go ahead, man. I'm over here sitting You're here. You're going add, away, dude. I'm sitting over here adding all these men. It's a bunch of Airbnb little <laughs> extensions you can add over here, man. I'm sitting here just adding all of them, like the price night corrector. Oh man, thanks. Told you, man. It's the wolf, bro. Who you messing with? <laughs> yeah, man. Tyler Work knows the work. Work it. Um. Okay. What I was gonna ask. Okay, let's get to the nitty gritty. Let's hear some some uh, crazy guests, bad guests, crazy experiences. I want I want to hear this. I want to hear and how you handle it. Uh, I I don't have. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I don't have any uh you know huge party stories. Um, I don't have any stories where guests did fifty thousand dollars worth of damage and put holes in the wall. Um, the best story I have that happened recently is so i had a house i have a house that i master lease and the guy lives in baltimore and his parents live in denver and so his dad comes over from time to time and you know fixes something and grabs a ladder out of the garage or something so the shower upstairs has this kind of slanted roof so it's like a triangular kind of shower thing and so the curtain just doesn't work and so I thought it was weird, and they were like, well, you know, they've been using it for years. It hasn't been a problem. So people started complaining about it. So I asked them if they could put a shower curtain on. So, and and a, a big part of my pitch is there's no pets in your house, like, ever. Um, so, of course, the mom and dad show up at the house to put the, to put the shower curtain on. I forgot to tell them that I gave the guests light checkout. So they show up. The guests are still there. There's a giant German shepherd laying on the couch. <laughs> There's like this sticky shit on the floor. And it was like the worst. And so they told me, they're like, I thought you didn't allow dogs in this place. And I was like, I don't. <laughs> um, and so I had to deal with that. And it like, it was like, man, why'd this have to happen when the owners came by? I just got done 
feel all warm and fuzzy about running to me, and then this happens. Murphy's um, Law, bro. But I, yeah, it's Murphy's Law, totally. And it wasn't a big deal. Um, you know, I called the guest, and she, oh, I don't know, my friend down the block, oh, she must have brought the dog. I was like, listen, <laughs> oh, this is, there's no way that you that there was a miscommunication here. It's it. Anyway, so I got a little bit of money from them because my cleaners had to stay an extra hour and and get up the dog hair. Um, I calmed the parents down. Um, the worst thing that's ever happened, honestly, is somebody smoked cigarettes inside of my one bedroom, my little 500 square foot one bedroom, mm. and it just reeked. Mm-hmm. And I had somebody checking in in like two hours, and oh, so, so you know, it's like a all hands on deck emergency um you know i had to leave work and go open all the windows set up all these fans and yeah you you said something real cool there you said as here yeah you said you had the uh the owners go and put the shower curtain on right so ultimately you don't do any work over there right I, uh, to be honest, I, I, I offered to, so I always like to offer to do, I was like, Hey, like, how about I just do it for you? And you know, if it's kind of, so I fix uh, minor stuff, totally free. Like the, the sink was clogged because guests had put uh, food down the drain. I paid for a plumber to come over. I didn't bother him with that kind of stuff, but this, and I said, Hey man, like I can get a handyman over there. I'll just charge you for it. You know, we'll keep it under a hundred bucks. And he's like, no, no, I just let my dad go do it. So I usually offer uh, to to coordinate the work for them so they don't have to do it. Um, but yeah, generally there's just not a need for it. Okay, that's pretty good. That's pretty cool about arbitraging, man. So what's what does the future hold for Tyler? Tyler work. How big do you want to get? What are your goals, man? Do you just want to be in the Airbnb real estate game, or you see something else in your future? Man, I I. I'm a W-2 employee. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm a, I'm a W-2 employee right now. I work for a really big company. Uh, I want to create a, a business that can sustain myself, where I can provide for myself and my girlfriend and eventually my family, and have it build something that I've created that's totally self-sustaining. So whether that's through flipping or buying holds or rent arbitrage or property management or whatever i I think it's it's going to be a a kind of a little bit of everything but really my my life goal is to kind of get out of this rat race and and build something myself that that can where i can really provide for for my family and where would you like to retire beach or mountains uh so my all my family that does this does both actually Oh, nice. So, so my dad's oldest brother has a place in Bailey, Colorado, <clears throat> and they spend the summer in Bailey, and they spend the winter in Pensacola. But if I had to choose, I mean, I Beautiful. grew up going to the Gulf Coast of Florida. It's got to be the beach. Awesome, dude. So, so the, the, that's your main – I'd love to be a snowbird. That's my That's my goal in life. Never feel the heat, never feel the cold, just perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> What about you, Micah? Where are you going to? Oh, you're going to Ghana. Yeah, yeah. So I'm in the beach, right there on the beach. Uh, but I do want to have a few vacation houses. Probably, definitely. Flo- well, I don't know about Florida, man. Hurricane might come and just swoop it right up. So I don't have time for the insurance crap. <laughs> but no, I, I don't know. Uh, Ghana. Um, 
there's a few other places, but Florida's definitely on the list. But yeah, it's still gotta have some good insurance. Mm-hmm. But I'm happy nice. you have the same kind of goals as us, man. Get out of the rat race and. Yeah, I think that's what draws most people to real estate investing. I mean, it's it's an approachable way to to make money and be an entrepreneur. Where you know, I could go start an engineering company. I mean, it, it's so much harder to do that, and you have to have years of experience before anyone trusts you and, and gives you work. And then still, you're a consultant. You got to go chase work constantly. Whereas in real estate investing, you're in control of how much money you make or you don't make. And that's what I love about it. That's cool, man. We appreciate you coming on to um, our little podcast. I hope you, um, hope you learned a lot from us, Tyler. Cause we're, you know, we're I did. Smart, dude. No, but I, definitely, <laughs> I definitely learned a lot oh, from you. Thank you guys so much for, for, for having me. I really appreciate it. This was fun. You got any more questions for Tyler, Micah? No, man, uh, I have to definitely tell you thank you for that little piece of advice because I just downloaded that. Uh, that's Hey, by the way, Steve, they got some pretty cool uh, Google Chrome extensions for Airbnb. You definitely check them out. Oh, man. Show notes, baby. Yes, sir. Thanks for that, Tyler, man. I'm definitely... No problem. Yeah, definitely going to be looking at a few things. It's a great interview. We could go on and on forever, you know, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> all good things must come to an end. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see y'all later. We'll see y'all next week. This is Live, Let, Thrive. How, how can you reach us? Oh, uh, oh Tyler, tell Tyler. people where to reach you first. Sorry. You can reach me at cobnb, C-O-B-N-B dot C-O. Like Kobe Bryant's B&B? Exactly. <laughs> with a C. <laughs> with a C. Well, not exactly. Kobe with a C, yeah. All right. Kobnb dot, uh, dot co. Mm-hmm. At Colorado. Awesome. Yes, sir. And um, well, thank you for being on here, man. We'll uh, we'll add your stuff to the show notes too. Give it up for Tyler, everybody. And the- yeah, if you uh, yeah. By the way, if you're in Colorado, Tyler will manage your stuff, even if you're not in Colorado worldwide. He's got you. Got some green rolled ready for you. Right, uh, <laughs> that's not a good advertisement, I don't think. But I don't know. Well, he's in Denver, so I guess he can. <laughs> but all right, man. Thanks for being on. Thanks, guys. Peace. Later. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.